Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Promise, and we are so glad you could join us. Before we begin, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for giving us your joy, Lord, and showing us your destiny, plan, and track for our lives, Lord. And also making where it's a good day, Lord, that we're blessed abundantly in everything that we do, Lord, and showing us your natural beauty inside the environment around us, as in the natural environment. In the name of Jesus, amen. In <laughs> Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. So glad to have you with us as we continue our study in First Thessalonians, learning how to stand for the Lord. And, and by that, that means waging a good warfare. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're moving forward today. We're going to be in chapter two. And can I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not us pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, but God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were able, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Amen. All right. As is our custom, the floor is now open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. So the first thing that I, I want to examine, um, we had spoken in a few of the episodes beforehand when we were doing chapter one about Paul's conduct and looking at the conduct of the elders or the authorities of the church, if you will, at the, at the day in the time and day. And we see here and hmm, let me see what verse is it? Verse six, where Paul was saying that they didn't seek glory from men. And didn't make demands of anybody as apostles of Christ. And the Holy Spirit through Paul lays out what our lives as believers and ministers should be. We're here to 
preach the gospel and we are to minister to their needs, not to be extortioners, not to try to extract from people, make demands and to be served and carried about on litters or using rank, (laughs) um, title and rank to mistreat and abuse. But we're here rather to look to be serving others. We read in the Gospels when Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples and said that he put his he took off his outer garments and he laid them on a chair and he girded himself with a towel and began to wash the disciples feet. But then he got to Peter and Peter was like, well, Lord, if you're going to wash me, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head. But the Lord Jesus told him that to be clean a man only needed to wash his feet. So that's what he did. And then he asked his disciples, do you know, do you understand what I've done to you? Of course they didn't. So he explained, he said, well, I, you call me Lord and teacher. And you say rightly, because I am not, not me, Layla. I mean, I'm talking as Jesus right now. I'm quoting that the Lord Jesus was their teacher. And they said, rightly so, for he was, and he said, I then being your teacher have washed your feet. So should you do to your brethren. You wash their feet. And that's not the first time Jesus had given that commandment. When James and John, two sons of thunder, were asking to set one on the left and one on the right hand of the father. And the disciples heard about it and they were angry with them. And Jesus said that the rulers of the Gentiles and their authorities exercise it over their people, as in they make sure they know who's boss. That's how we say it here in the the United States. But Jesus said to them, he said, but I say to you, he who desires to be the greatest among you or be first will be a servant to all. So Jesus himself humbled himself to the point where he washed his disciples feet. And if you're looking at spiritual rank, they weren't even in the same field not even in the same galaxy with rank and respect that was due to the position so jesus giving that commandment to us making sure that we aren't trying to elevate ourselves in a place that we don't belong or causing stumbling block and harming the other the flock of the lord the other children of god because we are abusing what he's given us and we should keep that perspective because we didn't want the Lord to abuse us and to lord his lordship over us, which he absolutely had the right to do because he was and is and will ever for be Lord. And there is another example in the scriptures and why we avoid doing these things. You read in First Samuel about Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They would s- steal from the people when they were trying to give their sacrifices. They would go, no, let me stick in my little flesh hook so I can get whatever meat I want. And then you can do what God asked you to. And Jesus, the Lord at that time, um, the Messiah hadn't come yet and his name wasn't revealed. But the father told um, Eli and Samuel that the people hated bringing the sacrifices and doing the things that God asked them to because of um Hophni and Phinehas because they were doing things to the people and toward the people that they should not have been doing which made the people's heart bitter towards the Lord and made them want to draw back from God when 
as you mentioned in some previous episodes, he wanted to bring them in as a hen wants to do to her chicks. He wanted to embrace them and to hold them close. So as we're looking at that, we should be sure that we're not the ones causing other people to be separated from the Lord. We're not being that wedge that creates a divide because we are unruly and we lack self-control and we're small-minded and short-sighted to only think of ourselves and what we can get in the moment which Paul didn't do and he's writing about here in this epistle to the Thessalonians and that's a big aspect of learning to stand if you're only looking at yourself you are sure to fall you see that in Proverbs it's it's counted pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction that's exactly what happens when we are only focused on ourselves instead of focused on serving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Thank you, Layla. Layla as you're speaking, you were talking about Paul's conduct. And mm-hmm. the Lord wanted me to slightly touch back onto what we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Sorry, by earlier, I mean previous episodes. Okay. And you're talking about Paul's conduct towards the Thessalonians. Yes. And you can see here what Paul is saying is that they're able to learn from him because they're able to watch what he was doing. That's right. We see with Paul. I don't quite remember where it is, but it talks about how that Paul was a tent maker by trade. Acts. Okay. Instead of Acts. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Inside of Acts, it talks about how that Paul was a tent maker by trade. Yes. And he was working with his own hands instead of trying to burden the people down. With providing for his needs. Yes. Correct. And how we can see how that affected the people he was teaching, they're able to receive more from God. Going back to Acts 17, it talks about how that the Jews stirred up the crowd. Yes. Because they're envious. And how it wasn't because the it wasn't because they're embittered by what Paul was doing. It was because the reason why they had to stir them up was because Paul's conduct was so good that they're able to receive from God completely. Versus okay. if he was trying to leech off of them per se and try to suck every, the life out of them, it will have been no problem. Because there already would have been offense. And we can see here that Paul is also talking about not offending people by what we're doing. As in not being man pleasers, but doing what God asked us to do. And not coming from a place of disrespect and trying to force people to follow our own ideas. But allowing God to minister to them. Um, Inside of Proverbs. It talks about how that a contention is practically like the releasing of water. You want me to find that for you? Yes, please. All right. Give me one second. Thank you. Mm. And the way the Lord likened it to me was, for example, dam. Inside, for example, modern day dams. Once you destroy the dam, there's a whole bunch of water behind it. And there's concrete, stone, and metal. And so that's going to devastate what's inside of its path. The same applies for... Also, I would also also like to make another reference. 
inside of the Gospels talking about heart condition. If we don't do anything to improve that condition, as in those who are imparting the word, then it's not go really going to change. I'm not sure if this is either, but it talks about how we should be talking with grace. We should be saying the necessary edit. We should. This Re grace in love. Is that, is that what you're getting at? Speaking in grace with love. Yes. Okay. About so edification. It provide the necessary edification of the saints. Mm -hmm. That's in Ephesians, I believe, chapter four, like the end of it. Mm. Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupt corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Mm -hmm. Thank you, mommy and dad and Layla. You're welcome. And mm -hmm. how with this. Paul had to be constantly in tune with God. He couldn't try to force it out in his own strength. We see inside of the account that says that Paul, according to his custom, went to the synagogue and preached then. But Paul also had to let the Holy Spirit work in order for this condition to be cultivated. Mm. The same should apply for us. We should be allowing God to work for us before we even enter into the situation. And then, once we get to that situation, we should be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Amen. Those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God, right? Yes. But now, when is the greatest example served of your character, your nature, and your conduct, your attitudes, your actions, your behavior towards the Lord? Is it when, for lack of a better way to phrase it, phrase it the planets align and it's a perfect scenario no it's easy or is it when there's the most trial the most difficulty it's the environment is the most challenging which one when it's most difficult absolutely uh, wigglesworth would say it this way right we are to be so soaked in the holy spirit that when we are squeezed right all that comes out of us is the Jesus nature, right? His nature, his character and attributes coming in through us. So yes, as has been discussed, Paul is describing his conduct, right? Yes. And what is the environment that he is operating in? What did he just come from? And what is what type of environment is he operating in here in Thessalonians or in the place called Thessalonica? Well, inside Philippi, there was extreme violence. Mm, okay. And then in Thessalonica, there's also violence. Mm -hmm. How do we know? Because it's in verse 2, right? Chapter 2, verse 2. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our, uh, excuse me, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. You know, sometimes it's easy to have a, an incorrect perspective where you look at the event that happened at Jason's house as recorded in Acts, right? And we talked about in the introduction and overview to the study at Thessalonians, right? Or 1 Thessalonians. 
But that wasn't a standalone event. There's no way. What typically happens, there are a lot or many smaller events that build over time until it reaches a point of boiling over, right? Yes. Yes. Have you not noticed that in your lives? So for us, let's, let's have a right perspective of this. So Paul, his character, his nature, his content was in line with and representing being conformed to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And that is what was being examined, observed by all that were watching and those that he was speaking and ministering to as Holy Spirit led him. And I'll say it in this way. When there is much resistance for someone who is towards someone who is asking nothing from the people, he's just giving them the word. He's not charging. He's not demanding. He's just giving them the gospel of Christ, right? The gospel of the kingdom. And he's meeting such resistance that people are following him from place to place attacking him and trying to stop the word of God from going forth. I should give pause for concern and to observe there is something something unique and different about this. And when they continue, the individual, in this case Paul, continues to be that example towards the people. Yes, representing Paul, but first and foremost representing our our king, our Lord, right? King of kings and Lord of lords, right? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Godhead. The people could not help but say there's something different and I want it. But then it was also an example set forth that they could now follow in. Does that make sense? Because you just mentioned that. You've continued in this. So much so that I don't even have anything to say about you concerning it. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's, we're not trying to be Paul. We're called to be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. But is that how we're living our life? Or are we a reed shaking in the wind? Getting and blowing, being swung to and fro as the wind changes? Are, is it our thoughts and our feelings, our emotions that are driving the bus? Which is our life in our walk with the Lord? Or are we fully relying on the Lord? Are we just moving where he says to move or being going, being sent where he sends us? Are we willful and obedient towards that? Are we saying what he says to say? Are we doing what he says to do? Not just concerning our own lives, but concerning the situation, the environment, the atmosphere that we are being sent to to wage that warfare for the kingdom, guarding and governing what the Lord has already established. Oh, promise your scripture that you're looking for is Proverbs seventeen fourteen. Thank you. Did you want me to read it? Yes, please. Um, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. So, so back to what I was saying, there's an element of, for that reason, right? Paul says in verse four, we've been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel because he wasn't trying to please men. He wasn't trying to convince them or deceive them or manipulate them into receiving the Lord. Yes, Dad. 
He was only moving as led by the Holy Spirit to be pleasing to God, to our Lord. That's why he says in many of the other epistles, I'm an apostle by the will of God, but I'm, an, I'm a bond servant, right? Yes. Sometimes it says apostle, just to, hey, I understand the position that the Lord's given me. But many times he often leads with, I'm a bond servant of Christ. Yes. And then he even goes further to say, you cannot be a bond servant if you are trying to please men. So what are we doing? Are we please? Are we attempting to please men? To pacify them? To satisfy what they're saying? Or are we fully in, in unshakable faith, moving forward as the Lord's leading us, and waging that, that warfare? Engaged, as, as Paul says it back in verse 2, in much conflict. Because the enemy is always looking for a way to steal, kill, and destroy, and seeking whom he can devour. So are we on the alert? Are we waging that warfare against Satan, the adversary? And there's a lot in there. So we're going to pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for showing us your word, Lord. And giving us the ability to experience you, Lord. And that there's no price that goes with it, Lord. And that you teach us your word, Lord, and truth. And also that we have the ability to teach it to others. And that we have the chance to grow in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.